0: the feeling on the streets of the hunter what's getting under your skin or making you hot under the collar let's take the temperature of the region it's the pub test with paul scott it is time for the pub test with paul scott he has been up in uh, beautiful queensland for the past few days i'm wondering whether it's uh, it's been lovely or whether it's uh, it's been a little bit on the nose how's it been up there in queensland Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful one day, perfect the next?
1: Like perfect. Just so good. Although I'm back in Newcastle now.
0: Yeah.
1: I drove back down the, uh, the freeway uh, yesterday. Ten hours. No yeah. trouble. Very nice. Everything was a very good roads. Not many cars out there. I suppose people can't afford petrol.
0: No, they can't. No.
1: But, but it was... It was pretty, uh, yeah. Now it was very nice. Queensland at this time of the year. I'm not. My sister lives up there. I'm not a fan of going up there. You know, she's just going, i going to up for Christmas." I was like, mm. yeah.
0: "No, nah,
1: Queensland after October, Queensland is it's just." But this time of year, it's very, very beautiful. Very beautiful. But
2: gee, it's pretty
0: beautiful here too. Yeah, it's magnificent today, isn't it? How was yeah, the drive absolutely. down? Um, you said ten hours. Uh, you were north, obviously, of Brisbane, weren't you? Were you north of Brisbane?
1: Look, it's from once you get through, once you go out through Hexham, mm. you know, the last light you get is at Hexham, and then you don't get a light until Coffs Harbour, and then you've got no lights at all until you get to uh, my sister's place, which is like 10 minutes out of Noosa, a place called Doom and halfway between Noosa and uh, uh, Yamundi. That's and yeah,
0: pretty impressive, one, isn't I? it?
1: Yeah, well, and the bypass is getting done around Coffs Harbour. So, yeah, it's, it's good. It's really good. There's plenty of smokies out there looking for people doing more than 110. Really? Oh, yeah, they were out yesterday. They were, they, were, they were out and about. But most people were, you know, most people were complying, you know, just happy to sit on that 110. And, uh, yeah, it was a good drive.
0: How did you find, I mean, 10, 10 hours, is a, it's a decent drive. How many times did you stop?
1: Uh, I, yesterday I stopped at Ballina, I stopped at Coffs, and I stopped at Sandgate. Play with a three. What? Get Le, out.
0: Let me guess, Sandgate was toilet?
1: No, Sandgate was fuel. Oh. Sandgate was fuel. Um, no, I made it, I made it home for the privacy of my own.
0: <laughs> I was a bit concerned. I'm thinking, "Wow, Sangate, Okay, he can't. Die. He can't wait until he gets to the inner city." Okay,
1: I, I made sure I didn't drink a lot of coffee yesterday. No, I drank a lot. Of, I had a, I had one coffee at Ballina and then I went. I went to the bathroom at Cox, but I had I didn't drink too much coffee or water because that's going to make you wanna. Oh, stop. that's good. I, so
0: no old man wee problems yet.
1: I think that's the medical term, Michael,
0: yeah. No, 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 no none of those. None yeah. of those, none of those. I'm sure listeners are very happy for me. Uh, uh, look, I'm very happy for you. Uh, yeah, uh, I, ha- I have uh, elder women problems with, with drinking, so yeah, no, no. I, uh, I'm not going to bash you up in any way, shape or form. Obviously, I mean, look, I can remember the last, what, 20, 30 years we've been working on that uh, that road between Newcastle and uh, and Queensland. We've only got that very small part missing now, which is uh, is the section between between uh, where you come off at um, the Sydney Freeway and, and when you hit hit the one uh, at Raymondette De- Heatherbrae. obviously all of the hard work, all of the you know the traffic jams and the stop goes, obviously all of that has uh, has finally paid off for us.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, it has. I mean, there's still a little bit of maintenance being done at the moment south of. Um uh, south of Port Macquarie, actually There's some work being done on, on the, the road now Now, I'm not sure if that was affected badly By the recent rain okay. One thing I did notice South of Ballina At some rivers Like, just junk In trees In the bush Like, the, where the floods have gone yeah. through You know You know, things out of people's backyards Tanks and uh, Children's climbing castles And that kind of thing A real, you know uh, Just in that section between Baller and Grafton through there. So, you know, you've got a sense. And, like, it's green and everything, you know, the, there's plenty of, still plenty of water in and dams and, and that kind of thing. But seeing these tanks and trees and that, you kind of got a sense of, wow the water was really rushing down through
0: here did you see i mean obviously you were uh you're on the bypasses but uh you, did you see any signs of of you know people living in their in their cars did you see any signs of of what's gone on in lismore
1: uh no no I, I i didn't see i didn't see any signs like that because you know i was pretty much skipping a highway mm. there was a I did go past one place, and I did notice there was a lot of caravans. Like it looked like there was a lot of caravans on this farm site, and that mm-hmm. they were they were active. And um, yeah, I don't know if that's resulted in floods or 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 what. But uh, you know, I know that, that Lismore's still got a long way to go to get anywhere back to a sense of normal. And you know, who's going to rebuild and mm-hmm. insurance issues and this. The, the slowness of the government. I don't mean, there's I an inquiry at the moment. They're trying to work out the point of the reconciliation. You know, the, the former fire chief, and he was put into the mm. job as, you know, the commissioner for it. Was it not reconciliation?
0: No.
1: What's, what's it called? You know, resilience. It. Re- resilience. Re- resilience, yes. And, that you know, the people of Lismore were kind of thinking that, you know, they were getting treated in a very nine-to-five way by... Um, you know, some of the people that were, that were charged with being cleaned up, some of the agencies up there. And, you know, they were wondering, do, do we really need a commissioner of resilience? What, 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 we've managed without one before, but maybe we haven't managed well. But, you know, if, if he's got some big kind of coordination role. I mean, it really should have come to the fore during journal, journalism. It really I think should have. A lot have. of these ancient do their own mm. thing. And
0: you know. especially when you have a look at uh, the incredible job that he did through the fires. Yeah, he was just incredible all the way through those fires. And uh, I agree with you. You would have thought that uh, we would have seen a lot more of him and that he'd be front and centre and he'd be coordinating everything. I just wonder, you know, how much political um, pushing and pulling is going on behind the scenes.
1: You do wonder, with, yeah. Exactly, you do one of that, and you and you wonder what... speaking of pushing and pulling behind the scenes, I know of Andrew Constances no uh, uh, the aEC have said, uh, no, we're not having a recount, and i I, I kept thinking of this of January the sixth commission in the states at the moment you know, <laughs> the the you know fraud electoral fraud just. Giuliani in the background, apparently intoxicated, yelling out, just say it's fraud, just say it's fraud. (laughs) And I was thinking of of Constance down there just yelling out, it's fraud, surrounded by acolytes, it's fraud. We'll go to the AAC, demand a recount, but the rules for the recount, there's going to be less than 100 votes, and there was something like 400 there. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll go off to some well... uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he turned up working for companies that uh, you know, coalways or, or something like coal that. loads, that's
0: transporters. You know, you never know where he'll, he'll probably end up in uh, in some transport you know organisation that's looking for uh, to privatise Sydney's buses. I think that's where he'll end up.
1: We'll see. We'll see. He won't go away, although he does have the opportunity to spend
0: more time with family. Yes, mm. that's good. Yeah, he has. Uh, it has been tough. You know, he's, uh, I wouldn't have wished his last uh, three years on, on anyone. You know, those bigger fires were just uh, just horrible and uh, it really took a toll on, on him, which is why I can't believe he was even considering federal politics. I just, I don't understand why you'd do that to yourself. Mm. Other than Eager. the money. Eager. I
1: don't know about the money for him. Ego. I think a pretty, pretty, pretty strong sense of self.
0: Mm. I think, yeah. You know, but now yeah. I've got a random one for you. There's been lots of mixed thoughts around uh, the fallout from uh, Andrew Hornery, who is uh, the social writer, shall we say, for the Sydney Morning Herald, and. Uh, he was a bit cranky because he asked uh, Rebel Wilson about her girlfriend and, uh, you know, he gave her two days' notice that he was going to run a gossip column about it. And then uh, when Rebel came out and, and uh, well, basically came out herself, he then threw a hissy fit and said, you know, that's not fair. You gazumped a story. How do you feel about that?
1: Hmm, It's an interesting one. I mean, he's andre uh, Andrew Hornery's uh, currency is to, um, you know, to give readers uh, tidbits into the uh, lives of the famous and the infamous, you know, knowing who was at what party. And, you know, I can remember I read something a while ago that it was actually a, a, a Hugh Hefner's, uh, you know, back in the day when Hugh Hefner was uh, still throwing parties in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. he went to one of them and sort of, you know, so... Somehow he's got access to that kind of that kind of world of the the uh, uh, the rich and infamous and people who like having you know descriptions about what kind of bags they had and were mm. carrying at parties and that kind of thing. And he and you know we just like reading it. I mean it's a very it's very popular. Oh, you know, he's, extremely kind of popular. Sitting, he's extremely yeah, popular.
0: He's extremely popular.
1: People like people like reading that kind of goss. You know, it's like the the Melbourne Truth of old, or you know, just tattletales on the uh, on on worlds that most of us will never ever get to uh, inhabit or even get a look at. So when he did this though, I remember when I, I I remember I read it before the uproar, and I went through it, and I and I kind of it didn't it didn't really bite out at me that much. I kind of thought. Uh, he's um, he's upset that he ga- he, he gave a, a story, and of course, in, in the world of social media now, you you know you've got, you've got your own media mm-hmm. there, you've got your own Instagram, Twitter, you can make the announcements, and of course, that does make a lot of journalists, especially uh, journalists in the sporting world or in in the popular cultural world, where their uh, currency is being able to b- break stories. You know, I know this, so when you've got Football players, or when you've got, cele- you know, celebrities making the the story themselves and gazumping the journalists. You know, the journalists probably think, well, you know, that was my story, mm. but it's, you know, someone's someone's private life. There, it's their story, and mm. how they choose to 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 tell it. I don't, I don't know if I actually have a problem with with what he with what he
0: asked. I don't have a problem with what he a, asked, yeah.
1: Yeah, I have more of a problem with his response mm. to, to it, you know, like somehow that, you know, it was my idea to tell mm. everyone about yeah. this and now you've decided to do it. And I don't think that the... Devin the, uh, Shields, the editor of the Sydney Morning Herald, handled it particularly well either with his with his first uh, uh, response, which he later attracted and said, you know, we've all learnt from this. And that's good. I mean, I, there was something particularly uh, critical of uh, the Herald because, of course, back in 1978, uh, after the first uh, gay Mardi Gras, they, they printed the names and addresses of people who were arrested um, at, that, at that Mardi Gras, and some of those people suffered um, significant consequences for, for that, that outing. And so, you know, I would have liked to have thought we're, we're, you know, we're a bit of a better place now. Where, you know, to what extent is someone's sexuality really of importance mm. to the point that you know I want to break that that story? Mm. I mean, is it is it is it really is that important?
0: I I agree with you. I I don't think it is. I don't. I mean. The story has been more of a focus than than rebel being being gay. No one really cares about that, you know. It, it's it's Pride Month for heaven's sake, and a a gay journalist, um, you know, which Bevan Shields is, and he makes no secret of that fact. You know, Bevan Shields is a gay journalist. He came. He decided that he'd throw a hissy fit because he wanted to out somebody. You
1: mean Andrew Hornery? Andrew, Hornery. what did I say? Bevan Shields. Oh goodness! Good no, not Good Bevan
0: Shields. Not Bevan Shields. Not Bevan Shields. I retract that. I retract that. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you, it's not up to Andrew Shield to, to decide that. You know, this is what is going to to go on. That, that this is how we're going to find out. It's up to Rebel to, to tell the people if and when she wants to.
1: I yeah. I I feel I feel the same. And I mean, he's uh, you know, people have. I feel differently about to what level they're comfortable with discussing uh, such matters. You know, had she perhaps not had the opportunity to talk about it with, um, you know, family, and she would have liked to have done that rather than have it read it on the in the SMH. There's, you know, there's a whole lot of uh, kind of things there. Actually, you just kind of... Triggered me there. Triggered my memory, uh, Tracy. You didn't trigger me. You triggered my memory. I was going to say,
0: what did I trigger? <laughs>
1: no. And, uh, it's Pride Month. and Is that why the silos at the over at uh, Carrington are lit up, uh, uh, I suppose, as a pinky red at night? That, would that be warm? Would that, it be that, be that why? Be it could be why.
0: It could be. I'll find out for you. So, So they're I, lit up at the moment.
1: Well, in the in the evenings, yeah, they were lit up again last night. You know, those silos over there, I mean, we we don't have our own vivid. I mean, we have we have plenty of livid around here, but not but not so much vivid. But they, I reckon those silos are fantastic when they're lit up. I really like what they do over there and I I I wish they'd do more of it and light up more of them, you know. It's a, it really looks fantastic when you're walking along the before sure and you look across there. But I was wondering, what's the significance of this, the, the the pink colour? And then I suppose uh, that that might uh, that might offer some uh, some sort of reason mm. for it. But have you seen them lit up? They lit I them have. up in the colours of the Ukraine flag not long ago—the blue and the yellow. They they light them up at different colours. It's a really cool thing. And I, and speaking of cool things and buildings, I noticed we're getting another. Um, this year they're going to have another, uh, you know, paint the paint the walls around. The they chair. They're are going to be more mural. Mm. You know, I love that stuff. There's I love another
0: it. eight happening. Um, I had a chat with uh, with the organisers about, I uh, know, oh about three or four weeks ago. And uh, yeah, there's another eight that are going to be uh, to be done. I think they're just such a fantastic idea and a concept. And uh, you know what, Newcastle really can stand up on this one because uh, it is just the most incredible, and it can go ahead no matter whether we're in COVID or not. Um, it's just. incredible. Incredible.
1: They look, they look great, and they give some. You know, they give talking points. I mean, we don't have as many sculptures as uh, a lot of other, uh, other cities, but you know, we have some. We ha- do have some fantastic sculptures here. But that public art, it's just, a, a, it's a such benefit to just be walking down the street. I absolutely love that one on the Bolton Street car park. Of the, oh
0: yeah, yep.
1: The indigenous uh, guy.
0: My favourite yeah. one is. Um, it's, the the you know, the two that are opposite uh, the, uh, let's just say the workers' club because that's what it is, opposite the workers' club and opposite the Newcastle Perm head office. Yes. Those two there, man, they are a gateway entrance. They are so impressive. And the more you, you know, the longer you're at the traffic, the more you see and the more you find in those artworks, and that's what it's all about. You know, it's to keep you occupied while you're sitting at those bloody traffic lights. It's
1: just It just gives a great vibe to the city, I you know, actually, I was walking down a hundred Street yesterday, and I was just thinking, myself, geez, the post office has gone all quiet. Mm. There's not much uh, the, the work there at the post office." I think I might follow up on that and try and find out.
0: Yeah, uh, that'd that'd be great, by. especially because Jerry's doing Jerry Schwartz, who owns it, is doing all sorts of things up the valley, and you know he's got lots happening up there. But that bloody post office, it's still sitting there. It's still boarded up. Uh, you
1: know, the DA, the DA. I do know. I do know that the DA was approved more than. A year, uh, more than a year ago, mm. and you know, I know there was COVID, but but construction still happened during COVID. Mm. It was allowed to happen during COVID. I just I just worry about it. You know, it's twenty. Year, it's over twenty years now since the post office was closed. 2001. Is it that
0: long? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Two
1: thousand one, and and sort of like you know, I just worry that the longer it sits there, and nothing mm. happens, so there was so much enthusiasm. And it's just kind of like. Mm. Mm, yeah, just a bit worried a bit worried about that one. It
0: should never have left uh, public ownership. It should <laughs> never never have left
1: isn't public ownership right on the cards at the moment? Oh
0: yes, absolutely it is. Well, listen, oh. my my friend, um, we do need to uh, to get going. But uh, what I am going to play is it's an excerpt from uh, you'd remember them, Clark and Door. Remember the days of Clark and Door, and we used to wait love every them. uh every Thursday night and uh, and Friday morning, we'd wait for them. Now this is fantastic; you'll love it. It is from uh, from two thousand and seventeen. 2017, and it, wow. is, it is the energy market explained. Oh. <laughs> I'll look forward to it. I thought you'd like that. Okay. I think that's how we'll go out uh, for the pub test today. Thanks for your time, mate. Okay. Pleased to hear you're here back here, safe and sound. You stay safe out there. Okay, Bless thanks, you. mate. Bye. This is Clark and Dorr from 2017 explaining the energy market.
2: Thanks for joining us. My pleasure to be with you Brian. Good evening. Now you're a consultant in the energy market. Yes indeed that's what I do. Now we've got a crisis in energy haven't we? The Prime Minister's been waving a a yellow card all week. Well Brian we do face some significant issues with the energy market. I think that can be said. Yeah but I thought we had gas and electricity coming out our ears. Yeah we do Brian but I don't think it's any secret that we're confronting serious challenges with the energy market. Well, let's talk about this energy market. Well, in Australia, you buy energy on an energy market. You're either buying it at a spot price or you're buying it in terms of a longer contractual agreement, Brian, with a supplier. But didn't all the energy in this country, wasn't it owned by the Australian people? Yeah, we fixed that. Well, it was all owned by governments I and mean, yep. they built it with our money. Yes, that's right, Brian, but it was hopelessly inefficient and a few years ago a lot of it was privatised. Who said it was hopelessly inefficient? The people who wanted to buy it, Brian. How did they sell that idea to the people who already owned well, it? Well, it was obviously going to result in lower prices to the consumer, Brian, because there were so many other players coming into the market. More electricity producers? No, more billing companies, Brian, but the key element was choice. They were being offered a greater choice. Choice of yep. what? Choice of what? Yeah. No, the watts were exactly the same, Brian. The choice was in who you could buy them from. So who bought the infrastructure? Well a lot of that is still government owned. If you take the state of Victoria, for example, still government owned. Owned by the Victorian government? No, owned by the Singapore government and the Chinese government, Brian. But to answer your question, it's still government owned. So why did the prices go through the roof? I mean, what happened when they removed the carbon tax to lower prices? What happened? What happened to prices? Yeah. Well they doubled, Brian, but of course that's only going to affect you if you're buying energy. But isn't that what people are doing, buying energy in the market? Well, yes, theoretically, Brian, but you can only buy it if it's there. You can't buy it if it's not there. And remember, a lot of these outages have occurred at times of serious extreme weather events. Yeah, but wouldn't an extreme weather event be a fair test of the system? Yeah, we don't have a system, Brian. We have an energy market. We've got an energy market. Right. Yeah. And what's gas got to do with this? Well, oh, gas is important because the job of the regulator, Brian, when demand goes through the roof, is to generate mm. extra capacity using gas. How do they do that? Well, they don't, Brian. They can't. They haven't got any gas. But we export billions of dollars of gas. That's right. But by definition, that's exported, Brian. That's gone offshore. We need some of that gas here. But they get a better price for exporting They get it. a better price here. It's a market, Brian. This is part of the problem. But surely all this operates in, uh, around government policy. Oh, yes. There's overarching government policy. Well, tell me, what's the government policy? Well, uh, oh, goodness. What happened there? Well, just wait till the lights come on, Brian, and then perhaps ask me that last one again. Which one? The one about government policy. I'll try and imagine there is some.
0: Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. And that was Clark and Door from March in 2017. Can you believe it? Obviously, that audio is thanks to, uh, to johnclark.com.au as well as the ABC, and nothing has changed